Welcome to Rural is Cool. This week, I chat with Seth Varner. Seth and his buddy Austin spent months traveling across Nebraska and Iowa to visit every incorporated community in each state. Seth and I chat about their 34,000 mile journey, their reasons behind it, and some of the unique things about their experience. If you enjoy our conversation, please be sure to subscribe so you don't miss the next episode. Also, if you could give Rural is Cool a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen, it helps others like you find this podcast. Well, hello, Seth. How are you doing today? I'm doing all right. How about you, Mike? I am doing well, thank you. Um, I wanted to have you on. Um, You have kind of a unique project that you're working on. You visited all of the 531 um, cities and villages and towns in Nebraska, and you guys are working on Iowa now, correct? Yeah. So we actually finished up Iowa back in September. So we visited every town in both incorporated town in both Nebraska and Iowa now. Tell us kind of what you, how you grew up and then um, how you got to this project. Yeah, for sure. So uh, my name is Seth Varner. I grew up in Wahoo, Nebraska, which is just 45 minutes west of Omaha, 30 minutes north of Lincoln. So I'm right between the two metropolitan cities. Um, Grew up on a farm for about 10 years or so. And during that time, I kind of slowly developed a love for travel. Um, In between all that, when I was like 10 years old or so, my dad started doing this thing, like a family tree project where he decided he wanted to go out and kind of take pictures of our family's old hometowns and churches and that kind of stuff. Um, And me being 10 years old, like I had no idea what he was doing. Like, you know, I'm I'm a third grader, so I, I don't understand why he feels like going to these towns and stuff, but I decided to tag along and I would take my own pictures of the things I was interested in. So that included like population signs, uh, maybe some cool buildings. Um, I was looking through the pictures the other day and I took a picture of the Walmart in York because as a 10 year old that Walmart was its own world to me. So um, <laughs> yeah, after a while then, you know, we, my dad stopped his projects cause he finished it. And then, we fast forward 10 years. I go through high school, graduated from Bishop Newman Wahoo, uh, go to college at UNO. The pandemic starts in March of 2020. And my friend Austin and I, who I grew up with in Wahoo, we went to elementary school together. We were just super bored. Uh, you know, we got sent to fully online classes, just Zoom calls and everything. Really boring. Went home, worked at Dairy Queen for a while. It's like, wow, we're literally doing nothing right now. So I kind of went up to him one day. I'm like, hey, Austin, you want to go visit every incorporated town in Nebraska? Um, and he was like, he kind of looked at me weird and he was like, what are you talking about? Like, you want to go visit every single town in the state? And um, we decided just to kind of go for it. So the whole project really took off from there and it's kind of blown up since then. So how did, so I can't imagine that it was cheap to visit every town in Nebraska and Iowa. So how did you fund this? So for Nebraska, originally, um, it was all just out of pocket to start. Um, we, we didn't have a Facebook page or anything. It was just going to be our own kind of private thing at the end. We were just going to make a scrapbook about it. That was the only plan. Like we weren't going to post to Facebook, no social media, nothing. Because um, it was a middle pandemic too. So we weren't planning on doing really anything like big with it. Um but kind of as time went on, people started reaching out to us. Well, I, I made the Facebook page and then from there, it just blew up instantly. We got 4,000 followers in just our first week on Facebook. And then people started reaching out. They'd be like, 
hey, uh, we see you're visiting all the towns in the state. We're willing to give you a free room in Kearney tonight, or we're willing to pay for your meal in Wolbach. Um, and so over time, people in Nebraska, people ended up donating most of the food and the rooms and everything else that we needed to get through the state. Uh, it was just a ridiculous amount of hospitality and generosity. And then uh, come Iowa, kind of the same thing happens. Like we were just shocked. Everyone had this outpouring of support with uh, GoFundMe donations and free food here and there. And then we ended up actually getting a sponsor for Iowa too, a little shirt brand called Iowa Love. So we would wear the shirts and the Facebook posts and they'd give us some money to keep traveling around and supporting restaurants, small businesses and everything else. That's pretty amazing that you had so much outpouring. Did, did you find um, a different set of hospitality between the small communities and the bigger communities? Or was it about the same type of, type of outpouring when, when you got to each of them? I would say it was about the same. In the bigger cities, I guess it was more like the tourism people would reach out. So like Cedar Falls, like their head tourism director reached out over there. Um, versus small towns, you'll have more like locals kind of reach out. But I would say it's pretty even across the board. Yeah, it was all kinds of different people. We even had high schoolers reach out to us sometimes. So it was really cool to see kids younger than us taking interest in the trips too. And, and what what are you doing now? Now I know you guys have your Facebook page. You were selling some t-shirts and books for um, the Nebraska. W- what's kind of your plan with all of this? So originally, you know, it was literally just for fun to start, but we've kind of found, well, I've kind of found a way to make it into like a business. And so by making these books, I'm basically trying to make like an ultimate kind of guide to Nebraska and Iowa. And in that guide, you know, you can see like the town's most popular restaurants and um, a lot of their local businesses, museums, that kind of stuff. Basically, the goal is just to promote small town tourism. Um, a lot of people say in Nebraska, for example, like, you know, it's Husker football, the Henry Dorley Zoo and corn. That's all we got here. And people are like, oh, there's never anything to do. And it's a- after a while, I kind of got annoyed of hearing that after doing my trips. I'm like, you know, I'm, I'm going to kind of prove like you can go to any small town in Nebraska or Iowa and have a ton of fun with the people you meet uh, visiting the local bar, maybe get a church tour. I mean, there's there's a lot of different things you can do. So that's just kind of the goal now to show people that there's a whole lot to do in the Midwest. And in the small towns, the the person that that you get connected with probably knows a ton of history of that town too. Right. So um, sometimes people would reach out. A lot of times we'd get to a town, they'd have a whole write-up ready to go for us. That happened every now and then. So what is the um, most interesting thing you learned on uh, from one of these communities? The most interesting thing I learned? That's really tough just like memory wise or like a fun fact or like either uh, like something you did or, or something you're like, Holy cow, that happened in Nebraska. Oh man. See, I've always been a, a Nebraska history buff. So that's what kind of ties with all this. So I knew a lot of stuff going in. Um, I know a lot of weird things too. Like in blue Hill, Nebraska, there's this law and I think it's still in effect today where it's like, any woman wearing a hat that can scare a timid person while eating an onion in public can technically be arrested. <laughs> like, there's just like these weird things like that in some of these small towns, or it's like all learn like, oh, I don't know. Um, like Weeping Water is the limestone capital of Nebraska because they had like more limestone output than any other city like in the country. Just all these towns, like these little small quirks and things. Like my hometown, Wahoo, 
home office of David Letterman. You know, we got like the sign up and everything. And um, we had this whole campaign, I think it was in the nineties where we were trying to bring him to town. And one of the things we did is we gave him to the town teenagers, Jeff and Josh price in exchange for making our hometown, his office. So just, I know a lot of kind of weird things like that between the two states. That's kind of my favorite stuff is the quirky facts, I guess. Uh, was there any town in particular that, that sticks out to you that was like, you were super surprised of, of things that there were to do or the, the people or. There's a lot of towns like that. Cause some of these towns would only be, you know, a hundred people. So you're expecting truly just about nothing, you know, the average person you're going to be like, all right, there's gonna be a post office bar and a church. You know, that's pretty average <laughs> for like a super small town. I mean, you're guaranteed to get that big three, but I mean, I guess what comes to mind, we'll switch back to Iowa. There's like this town called Disser, Iowa. Um, I think they have seven or 800 people there. So, um, and their like claim to fame is they call themselves the town of illusions. And so as you're driving through downtown, you've got this thing called the main street gorge. And it's this painting on the cement through downtown where it looks like there's actually a gorge in the middle of the street. And it's, it's painted in a way where it's 3d. So it looks like you're actually like falling into it. And if you stand in a certain spot, it, you can like kind of act like you're about to fall off a cliff or like, they got other illusions around town too, where they have this whole tour where you go around and um, they got like the black and white spinning wheels and like that kind of stuff. It's like, that's their whole claim to fame is they just want to be this town where they're, I guess they're alluding. I don't know. I don't know what the term would be, but yeah, a lot of towns do little things like that to differentiate themselves. I know one of the neighboring towns here claims to be the clown capital of the world and they have a clown museum. Plain view, yeah. Yep. I have not been in that museum yet. That is on my bucket list of things to do. And it's funny because it's only 20 some miles away. <laughs> it's super neat. Yeah. World's largest collection of clown related items. Um, I can't remember the exact number. This is a total guess, but it was like 9,000 maybe. We popped in there for like 30 minutes on our original trip. And it's it's a pretty cool spot. Did you guys make a list as you were going through of, oh, I want to come back and visit this town and do some more stuff in it? Or because I imagine trying to get through since originally it was just Nebraska, try to you know get through that. You guys are pressed for time in your communities. Right. So, yeah, the original trip, we went pretty quickly because we did all of Nebraska in just two and a half months. But since then, um, over the past year and a half after the trips, we keep returning in these towns because we know there's like there's certain restaurants that we want to try. There's different people that reached out a year and a half ago that we haven't met yet. So we go back to try that. Um, I know in Pierce, Nebraska, which I'm assuming is fairly close to you if you know where Plainview is at. Yep. There's this, there's this little restaurant called Jay's Place, and she offers the Pierce Pounder. And basically, it's like this behemoth of an ice cream sundae. It's like two and a half pounds. And it's just a challenge. It's can you finish this Sunday basically without getting sick? Um, <laughs> and so that's one of the things originally on our first trip around, we thought about doing it, but we didn't want to risk like, you know, feeling horrible for the rest of the day. <laughs> so that's one of those things we just wrote down and we came back three months later. And uh, my buddy Austin's actually completed it twice now. And he's got one of the top 10 fastest times ever to complete that out of 200 people that have finished it so far. That's crazy. Uh, mm -hmm. How did you guys approach Iowa different than you approached Nebraska? You, you had Nebraska under your belt. You knew the things that, that you did right, the things that the, what were some changes you guys made when you did your tour of Iowa? 
So in Iowa, we made uh, we we decided to meet more people um, because Nebraska we started basically a month into the whole COVID thing. So that time, you know, none of us knew like how bad it was or like what it turned into and all of that. So Nebraska, we avoided actually meeting people for the first couple of months, um, and we kind of avoided not a couple of months, a couple of weeks or so, but we kind of avoided going to a lot of attractions and stuff. So in Iowa, we decided it's like, well, if we're in the town, you know, let's make the effort to meet these people or visit like their notable attractions. And in Iowa, we had the book in mind this time around Nebraska, there was never supposed to be a book or anything. That was all an afterthought. So going to Iowa, we're like, well, let's just make the exact same book. Um, just Iowa related, same, you know, shout out businesses, restaurants, tell our story, that kind of thing. So Basically, it was a way to get more content for the book and then actually spend more time, I guess, enjoying the towns um, rather than just driving around aimlessly and then leaving. You know, we made more of an effort to actually reach out to people. And I think people kind of did the same. They reached out more because we were kind of past COVID a little bit more. So what are what are some things that, that either the cities could learn from the small towns or the small towns could learn from the cities when it comes to visitors bureaus and attracting people and because i imagine that you've seen all different levels of of visitor bureaus type things yeah so a lot of the small towns they might have a little welcome center they try to be very area specific like i'm thinking of the lust hills over in iowa comes to mind right away you know if it was like a major city in that area like council bluffs they might have like a whole museum dedicated to the history of lust hills or something versus a small town might have just like this little welcome center i guess what could happen is you you could get the two cities to work together like let's say omaha and even like wahoo for example there's probably some kind of partnership they can make where omaha can send you know residents over to wahoo in exchange to see you know david letterman office or try a restaurant, something like that. In exchange, Wahoo can give vouchers to go see the Henry Dorley Zoo or something like that. You see some things kind of like that for entire counties, like Knox County and Nebraska comes to mind. They don't advertise one town. They advertise the whole county or like Ottoman County in Iowa. They focus more on merging all, all the towns together. They group the town tourism together. So people might go hit a bowling alley in one place, a restaurant in another, a museum in another town, and maybe a lake next day all in the same county so that's how big cities and small communities kind of work together in some of these places is they just group it together as a county it's a little harder when it's a city like omaha where you have half a million people here it's you know they're kind of their own entity i guess so it took you two and a half months to do nebraska correct yeah how long did it take you guys to get through iowa Iowa was about six months or so like five and a half i would say because um, twice as many towns and then we had to battle kind of through school and work and all that stuff too because we started in our spring semester and we didn't finish until maybe a month into our fall semester so we were scheduling trips around classes and just our jobs throughout summer and everything so um, it got drug out a little bit more plus the addition of towns plus us doing more in the towns the first time around so that just kind of led to a lot more traveling more time on the road than nebraska do you have a uh, like a top five list for each state of, of must visit communities? So everyone, everyone asks that because everyone's <laughs> like, oh, what's your favorite town in the state? Or they'll try to give you like a list. I don't really have like a personal list, but like when I look at a map and I see regions, 
Like I, I, I remember what's in those towns. You can point to anywhere in Nebraska or Iowa. And I can tell you probably my five favorite things to do in that region. It would just depend on the area of the state, like Northeast Iowa, you know, you got all the nature stuff or like Western Nebraska, obviously you got like the chimney rock or maybe this small town bar. It's really hard to pick out just five communities because it's just I've I've seen, you know, 1400 communities now. It's hard to just pick out one that's like my favorite. That's a that's a lot of towns and a lot of pictures. And what? how did you go go through all of that to decide what major as book or made the Facebook post? Originally in Nebraska, we actually didn't even take pictures because again, we didn't think it was going to, we, we didn't have a Facebook in mind and have a book in mind, had nothing in mind. It's just going to be like our own little thing. So as time went on, we would share, we started taking like one or two extra pictures in town because people like wanted to see pictures like, Oh yeah. Okay. We'll take a couple. And by the end of Nebraska, we were taking multiple pictures per town. Then when Iowa started, you know, we might take a picture of every single building that has any significance in town. It's grown that much where it's like we get to a town and like we're trying to hit as many different things as we can. because we want to feature all those businesses, churches. We don't really want to miss anything. So that's I mean, the Facebook posts, like if one town only had two pictures versus one town had 80, that was just us basically growing and learning like, hey, like, let's take more pictures and we would share as many as we could to Facebook. Basically, whatever we took got put on Facebook. And now those are available in the QR codes in the actual books. So you have a website, a book, the Facebook page um, for, I know you have the Facebook page for Nebraska and you have one for Iowa too. Yep. What are you trying to accomplish with this? Um, initially, it was a kill some time during a pandemic. Mm-hmm but it's definitely grown from there. Yeah. It's ridiculous just to see how much it's kind of blown up over just this, what it has been not even two years yet. I've always kind of been a big fan of Nebraska history and traveling and everything. I've always liked writing. And so I've kind of learned like I can, the, the Facebook pages, I can basically, t- I can turn it in like a marketing vehicle to give businesses like free shout outs. Like I go to a restaurant and like, especially now, People are struggling, like, you know, they're having a hard time finding employees. Uh, Business might not be booming like it was like pre-pandemic level. So the whole goal is basically just like, I want to bring more business to these restaurants. Um, I want to show people like, hey, you can still go to museums and like have fun here. You've got these, all these different attractions that are just waiting for people to come. So it's really just about kind of trying to help out like the small communities and kind of just promote local tourism. I mean... I like to say there's something in every town. You just got to go out and find it. And I think that over time, people are finally starting to understand like, hey, you don't always have to go to the big city to have fun. There's a whole lot to do in small towns. So when you when you say that, though, I think of my small town mm-hmm. and I think, gosh, what is there to do? So so other than the local bar, uh, what are some of the types of things that you found in small towns that that would give people something to do or make them a destination. Mm-hmm. If you don't mind me asking, what is your hometown? Uh, my hometown is Orchard. I live um, just Orchard, outside okay. of Orchard now. Okay. Is that the town you kind of have in mind right now? Well, I was kind of just thinking of all the small towns around here, but yeah. Okay. Okay. So in Orchard, for example, so you got Sugars, you got that restaurant there, and then you got some other bars in the area. It's, it's I still remember some of them. <laughs> so there's eight aspects of tourism to every town, no matter what your population is. I don't know if I can list off all of them here, but 
Um, I'll try to relate it just to your hometown because I think that's kind of fun. Uh, so people, when we went to Orchard, we met Bev Krutz, who is a teacher in the local area. She teaches up in uh, Niagara, I believe. So we met her there and she kind of told us stories about the town. That's one thing you can do is you can talk to people who live in the town and you can learn all these cool like anecdotes about the town. And it's kind of like your own personal tour guide in a way, too, because people are more than willing to show you around their hometown. Um, you got stuff like commerce. Like I know there's a place called I think it's around the horn sports cards. It's like this little sports card shop. And it's funny you're from Orchard because my roommates and I, we've returned to Orchard three or four times specifically for that card shop <laughs> uh, because there's just not a lot of that around. That's something unique. You just don't see small town sports card shops anymore anywhere. Um, we've only had like three in all of Nebraska and Iowa, which is absurd to us. Obviously, you got cuisine. So you got the local bars and restaurants. You've got like geography, like you're close enough to kind of like the Niagara River. You can go cow tanking down that or kind of more immediate stuff in the area. You can find ge- geographical things to do. Maybe it's just fishing or like camping and stuff like that. But and, and cow tanking for anybody who doesn't know what that is, you take the the big water tank that that you be out in a pasture for cows or horses to drink out of, and you um, float in it down the river. It sounds exactly. a, it sounds a lot crazier than it really is. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 basically just like rafting. It's just a cow tank. It's just it's just the name of the object you're floating down the river and. But yeah, it's like, you know, for small town Nebraska, like that is genuinely something that you can do and travel to somewhere, you know, specifically to do that. I don't know if Orchard has any customs. That's another thing. So if you have like a yearly celebration, um, like Orchard Days or something like that, I don't know what it would be called up there for That's sure. exactly what it is. Or Orchard, Orchard Days. Day. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then I'm sure there's like a cornhole tournament. I'm sure there's maybe some kind of cook-off. Uh, maybe a parade where old people come back to town. Um, old you, know, with you know your small towns very well. I do. Yeah, I've I've, I've only I've only been to over, like you know <laughs> fourteen fifteen hundred. It's it's you know right. So if I named any town on the map in Iowa or or Nebraska, you could pick out things to do in each of those towns. Maybe. <laughs> I'm a lot better at Nebraska because I've lived here, and I you know Nebraska's easier to return and stuff. But like generally i have a pretty good memory so i can remember usually who we met what we did and that kind of stuff it's it's a little iffy because i don't know maybe <laughs> <laughs> i won't i won't test you i won't test you uh, that's fun though <laughs> are you guys planning um your next state to go through or are you guys kind of going to tie it up with nebraska and iowa we're kind of thinking about South Dakota. Um, already kind of looked into it. There's 310 incorporated communities up there. And us going into our senior year of college next year, I think we need to kind of take a step down, especially after 939 of Iowa. Like, oh my goodness. Like fitting 939 <laughs> towns in six months was nuts. <laughs> uh, I don't even, there's, I don't even know what another word would be, but we're looking in South Dakota to see if it kind of works in our schedules and stuff. Cause we still have jobs and then class and everything. So we're going to make sure we, you know, get our degrees and everything and don't jeopardize anything. But yeah, I'd say there's probably like a 90% chance South Dakota happens. So are you going to be able to use this experience um, in conjunction with your degree when you get out of college, or is this just completely different than, than anything you have, you're planning on doing when, when you graduate? So originally I was going to be a journalism major. So it kind of ties into the book and I wanted to be a history teacher for a while too, which kind of ties into history. Um, but now I'm marketing sales and entrepreneurship. 
So with the kind of marketing and selling the book and everything, I've kind of found a way where I can still like, I have my, I have a mission and that mission is to promote small town tourism while, and I, I can still make a living out of it. You know, sometimes we get reached out to give like student tourism talks, different schools, um, restaurants will invite us out for a free meal in exchange for a shout out and stuff. There's definitely a way to make it into a full-time career, still trying to figure out that whole thing, but it's going to be kind of a mix of like writing, writing books, speaking, and like kind of like sponsorship kind of related stuff. And I think all that together can make this a future career post-college. I think it's an interesting aspect to that a couple of college students can find interesting things to do in all these small towns. Mm-hmm. One of the things that small towns struggle with is there's you know nothing to do for young people. So they leave and they, they go to the city or, or after college, they don't even consider moving back to their small town. And for you guys to point out all these great things that are in a small town from a 20 something standpoint, I think is pretty darn impressive. Mm-hmm. That's, that's how the whole thing started too, is we were just bored. You know, everyone's saying, oh, there's nothing to do. There's nothing to do because everything closed down. So we took it upon ourselves to go out and actually find a positive or a good way to use our time. And that's what's kind of turned into what it is today is just, you know, just kind of showing people like, hey, if we're able to do this in the middle of a pandemic, if we're able to go to every single town in a state and have fun doing it, and we're 20 years old, like, you know, any other person can go to any town and find stuff to do. It's like, that's, that's just the one complaint that like, I, I can't take seriously anymore. Cause it's like, if you try hard enough, you'll find something to do anywhere you go. You are kind of the driving force behind getting all this started um, with Austin. How has he contributed to all of this? So he's kind of like, he's basically the, re- the reason I kept going, I would say. Um, if this was like a solo project, that's really hard to go to 531, 939 communities by yourself. Um, you know, that's a lot of alone time in the car. That's a whole lot of driving. Um, I feel like it's traveling isn't as fun without a travel buddy. Like it's still fun for me. Like I go out every now and then it's just different when you have people with you. So Austin was kind of what kept me going, you know, if I didn't have him to talk to in the long car rides or like join me for the experience, like. Who knows if, you know, I don't know if one person would be able to finish that like on their own, especially like being a 20 year old, you know, that'd be kind of lonely out on the road. So basically he was like my travel buddy throughout the whole thing. Um, And he would like, he'd take over driving sometimes. Uh, There were times where like, while I'm driving, he would call whatever town we're going to and kind of set up the meeting and the place for everything. Like, you know, we're 15 minutes out from Orchard. Okay. Call Bev. So we know to meet here. Like he just kind of helped me out with like a lot of the little things that kind of took a lot of stress off me. And he helped out with some of the Facebook posts and stuff too. He'd look up some information. I kind of include that and everything. So he just kind of helped in different aspects of the whole thing. How many miles did you guys put on your car between the two states? Because you didn't ju- you didn't make like a, a efficient circle. You guys went out and did a few states in an area or a few towns in an area came back to your home base for a few days and then went back out. Do you have any idea how many miles you put on? Yeah. So end of Nebraska, the original Nebraska trip was 10,000 miles. That's what we ended up in return trips to Nebraska towns. You can tack on another 10,000 because we've done a lot of returning to towns where we just, you know, go up to Pierce and come back. That's 200. Go up to Grand Island, come back. That's another 200. It's really added up in Iowa. I believe it was 14,000 by the end of Iowa. 
we were a little more efficient out there because we spent more overnights um, versus just coming back to Wahoo or Omaha every night. So in the, how long has it been? 21 months since starting this, probably about 34, 35,000 miles for travel, travel related stuff. That is a lot of miles. Uh, a lot of car time. <laughs> not, not counting any of the other trips with family and friends and whatever else. So do you, do you long for a, a trip to, you know, um, one of the coasts to a beach or, or when you're thinking about your next vacation, are you thinking about these small towns? You know, it's funny you say that because I plan my family vacations and we have never once been to the coast. Uh, we actually do road trips around kind of the Midwest area. Um, just this past summer, we went out to Yellowstone. And so along the way to Yellowstone, we stopped at a couple of Nebraska bars, Nebraska attractions and stuff. Um, and on the way home, we stayed up in Long Pine, Nebraska. And somebody, someone that I met on our trip's cabin, not a hotel, not an Airbnb, literally just a friend that we made on our original Nebraska trip. So, yeah, I said I'm not really into like the beaches and everything. It's more fun to go to the small towns for me and kind of hit like the little attractions and stuff because it's. It's stuff you won't find anywhere else, you know. California can't give you Nebraska tar- charm. <laughs> no. um, well, I took a camping trip out to Wyoming right before um, our, our school year started here. And I probably spent more time in the in the little town that I was near. I probably spent the most time just standing there talking to the woman who ran the gas station. Mm-hmm. She had so many great stories and, and lots of stuff that, that I'll never use, right? Like, but... But it was right. good conversation and just a really good person to, to stand around and chat with. That's part of the fun, too, just getting to talk to people. You know, even if we didn't have any scheduled meetings with people in some of these towns, we'd pull up to a gas station because we had such a big Facebook presence. People would like recognize us and they start listening off. Oh, if you ever make it out east here, you should do this, this and this and try this bar and do this thing. And they tell some stories about the town. Um, we'd be on our way later in the day, another town. Someone recognizes, oh, you're those kids from Facebook. Hey, you should go downtown and check out um, the local museum or whatever it was. Kind of happened over and over. It's just those, those conversations are a lot of fun. Just getting to kind of hear about like what used to be in the town and what's there now. I imagine that that uh, you met a lot of interesting people. So what would what would be the the and you don't have to name the town or anything but like the the craziest person type event thing that that you guys met or did or well there's i could go a couple different routes with this i'll kind of let you choose so you can go um just the plain weird uh you can go the haunted route or you can go the um what would be the word let's just say just say the happy route (laughs) Let, let's go. All, let, let's go all three because I'm in, I'm intrigued. <laughs> okay, okay. The weird one. It was this small town. I won't even name the state. Um, we ate at the local bar and grill. Kind of, you know, just had some had a little bit of conversation. Um, the person we were talking to wasn't super talkative. Kind of shady, I guess is like the word I want to use for lack of a better term. Uh, we're eating there and it's me, Austin, one of our friends, Brooklyn, and we're just kind of like my own business and stuff. And, you know, the waitress keeps kind of disappearing, coming back and stuff. And then at one point they mentioned something about um, having like an antique, like whole shoe in their basement or something like that. 
Um, they're like, oh yeah, I, I asked my boss and we can go out to my house. It's only 10 miles outside of town. You can come check out this thing in my basement. And, you know, Austin, Brooklyn, and we looked at each other. We're like, there's no way we're going to the middle of a country to go to your basement <laughs> check out this antique. Uh, so we had to make a plan to just basically get out of there kind of thing. That, that's how all the horror movies start. <laughs> exactly. That's why it's just the way, you know, I'm sure it was good intentions and everything, but just the way it was worded. And the way the person was asking, it made us kind of uncomfortable. That's the only like kind of like we like that's the weirdest thing that's happened by far. And that's not even like all that bad, but it's just like you know, it was a little weird. It was a little weird. So haunted, go down the the haunted path. So we're gonna bounce across the border to Iowa. Um, this is in the town of Villisca. So there's the Villisca Axe Murder House. I don't know if that sounds familiar at all. No, but I am intrigued. So it's just across the Nebraska border like 45 minutes into iowa maybe it's not too far in um basically the real story what happened is there's a family there and someone came with an axe and killed like it was like what was like five four five six kids and like the parents it was like like the whole family got murdered so it was like one of the worst cold case it's i think it is the worst cold case in iowa history um, so creepy house. And so, of course, you know, here we are 21st century. It's a tourism attraction now. Um, <laughs> yeah. People are into that. Right. So we set up a meeting with kind of the tour guide. Um, it's just me, Austin and the tour guide. We are in the house kind of exploring and whatnot. And he's telling us stories about things that have happened. He's like, yeah, the fireplace has swung open before. There's been weird sounds coming from the attic and stuff. One story that he told was one time he was fixing something in the upper bedroom of the house because it was like decay or something. So he's just working away, trying to restore it. And he heard like footsteps downstairs and the door open. So naturally he thought, oh, it's some kids breaking in and they're trying to mess around because he heard like laughing and stuff like snickering. So he's like, I'm going to teach these kids a lesson. So he hides in the closet upstairs. It's kind of the stairwell goes kind of up and then, um, up this way i don't know if people can see or not but it just it curves around um and the closet's at like the end of the hallway so he's waiting in this closet waiting for these kids to come up so he's sitting in there and he hears footsteps coming up the stairs and keeps hearing like this little snickering and footsteps and stuff so he waits until they get right outside the closet door and he flings it open and he yells and nobody's there oh that's that's uh creepy yeah there's <laughs> nobody in sight and then when Austin and I were there, he left to go do something for a few minutes. So it's just Austin in the house. I was taking a picture. I was taking pictures of everything, just with the Facebook page, just the rooms and everything. And every time I take a picture where the axe mark was visible, my photo basically got corrupted. It was blurred out like the whole, like no matter how still I would hold the camera and take the picture, like I could not get the camera to focus on the axe marks. So I was showing Austin, like, doesn't this look kind of weird? And it went quiet and then just out of nowhere we hear this little like a little tongue click we're the only ones in the house we kind of looked at each other like did you do that like no (laughs) and it kind of freaked us out and we got out but i thought it was weird just the timing of everything you know trying to take pictures of the axe marks and then you hear tongue click your photos are getting you know blurred out it is pretty creepy yeah yeah definitely um so down the um, happy path, what, what's the, the, the best thing? So, I mean, there's a lot of those moments, but like the one I like to talk about is just like the town of Manawai. 
over here in Nebraska, the town of one person, Elsie Eiler, 85 year old lady. Uh, and she's the town mayor. She's the bartender. She's the postmaster. It's literally just her and her own world, basically. Only one been living in that town for, I think, 20, 25 years going on now. But we've been up there four times before. And every time we go, there's like 25, 30 people in the bar. It's always busy. And they actually meet all eight aspects of tourism. Even I like to say, even in a town of one person, she has all eight aspects of tourism, commerce, cuisine, geography, customs, because she has like celebrations. She's there. She's the people. Just all the, she meets. She checks all the criteria for stuff you could do in the town. Yet it's just her. Yeah, I remember the first time I drove by there and saw the population one sign. I was like, what? <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, so you know a little bit of history of that town. Was there more people there at one point or? Yeah. So her husband, Rudy, was the other person. He was there. He passed away, I think, around 2000 or so. So about 20 years ago. So what was population two? The 90s was population six. And then as you go back, the population slowly kind of grows up to maybe like a maximum of like 200 and something. I can't remember the exact number, but. Just over time, it's just one of those towns where it was kind of just isolated and that, you know, there weren't a lot of jobs around after the whole farming crisis of the 1930s. That probably cut the population in half or, you know, took out three fourths of it as people went to go find work. So I believe it was just Elsie and relatives in the area. And then just over time, everyone left or passed away and just kind of left her there. Her and I guess the her friends in the surrounding communities. Yeah, that it's... Uh... A neat story, and then every once in a while, on a slow news cycle, you, you see something on the, the news channel about that. Uh, right. So, and as you took these experiences and, and put them in the in a book, what types of things, if we buy your book, what kind of things do we see in there? So, I like to say it's like it's a travel log travel guide history book and living photo album all in one. There's kind of four different aspects to it. So the travel log, it just talks about Austin's adventure around the state. So it'll talk about the people we met, um, the places that we ate at, just some of the stories that we learned from people, just some little things here and there. And then that leads into kind of like our town section. So it's the, the books are divided by our trips. And that's one chapter is one day of traveling for us, basically. So we'll tell about our experiences. And then each town has its own section where we talk about like the county it's in, the population. Um, every town has how it got its name is the big thing. Uh, maybe famous people from there, maybe famous celebrations, other notable things about the town, um, different attractions that might be there. That's kind of the travel guide portion of it is you kind of get an idea of what to do in the town. And that kind of goes hand in hand with the QR codes. So because we take so many pictures and we continuously return to towns, each town has its own QR code where when you scan it with your mobile device, um, it'll show all the pictures we've ever taken in that town. And what's cool about them is we can continuously add to them forever. So people who bought the book in 2020 are getting photos from me in 2022 as I return to towns. Um, and you can sign up to be notified when the QR codes are updated for different towns just by scanning them. Um, and you'll see as we return to towns, I'll post more pictures of different restaurants we visit, breweries, kind of stuff like that. And that's the other way it's kind of a travel guide and living photo album. And then um, what was the last thing? The history. The history is in the little paragraph as well. It just tells about how the town got its name and some notable figures and that kind of stuff. So it's a lot of different things kind of all wrapped up into one little bundle. 
And if, if people want to find um, find your book, learn more about you guys, um, where can they do that? So Facebook is always a good place to look to learn more about us and see what we're doing. Um, that's just at Wandermores Visit 530 in Nebraska and at Wandermores Visit 939 Iowa. Um, to buy the book, it's just online at wandermorepublishing.com. Um, Austin and I actually hand package and ship every single book. The company name is actually just, it's, it's my business. And so it's not like Penguin or some other big book publisher. It's our own self-published book. And that's how we distribute it is all through us. In Nebraska, it's in pretty big name museums, like I guess Stewart Museum of the Prairie Pioneer in Granite Island, um, Baker's Candies in Greenwood, the Fremont Area Chamber of Commerce. It's kind of spread out throughout the area. Plainview News in Plainview. We have a whole kind of map on our website that shows exactly where they're available. Excellent. I'll make sure to um, put your guys' website in the show notes so uh, people can find that. And if you had to, to tell tell somebody, you know, like if they ask you, you know, how do you get started on something like this or, or I want to take a trip, I just don't know where to go. What's your piece of advice for them? I would say probably the best thing you can do is just kind of keep an open mind as to what you want to do. Cause if you have, if you have something in mind, it's easy to plan a trip. You know, if you want to go to Yellowstone, then that's a pretty, you know, you got to take one highway out and come back maybe a different way. It kind of depends on what you want to do, but the best thing you could probably do is honestly just do a little research online, a simple Google search of most towns. They'll tell you, you might find the city website and I'll tell you when town celebrations are, or if you just scroll, scroll around like a Google Maps or something, you'll be able to see restaurants and kind of click on them and see like, okay, when are they open? What businesses are there in town? And even Facebook pages, like I'm not, you know, follow travel or what's called Visit Nebraska and Travel Iowa, the official state tourism agencies. They push out tons of content every day and give ideas on like places you can visit. And that's what I'm kind of open to do with the Facebook pages too, is over time, I want to keep promoting local businesses and stuff and hopefully kind of inspire people to maybe make the three hour drive to the small town bar by talking about how great the atmosphere is and everything. So there's lots of different ways you can find stuff. You just got to kind of keep an open mind and whatever floats your boat. There's a lot to do. Excellent. I, I uh, certainly appreciate your time, Seth. And I, I think your guys is uh adventures are super interesting i remember following along with the nebraska one and mm-hmm. um i'm definitely going to go back and, and look through some of the iowa stuff and uh see if i can maybe uh plan a, a good camping trip this summer through iowa hey there you go yeah if you need advice just shoot, shoot me a message even that's another thing you can do just message me on the page and give me an area and i can probably tell you a lot of the best things to check out so i'm more than willing to do that for anybody Nice, nice. And, and like I said, thank you so much for your time. We'll, we'll make sure that we put your website in the show notes. And I look forward to, to maybe seeing South Dakota. Hey, yeah, we'll see. My my sister's wife is from there. So I already got some free housing set up and everything. So we'll see how <laughs> everything works out. Thanks for taking the time to listen today. I hope you enjoyed this episode of World is Cool. There are many more great conversations to come. Hitting the subscribe or follow button will help make sure you don't miss any. If there's someone you think I should talk to, send me a message on the website at www.worldiscoolpod.com. I truly enjoy meeting world people and helping tell their stories. This episode was produced by Brian Ferris and myself. Our website was created and is hosted by Monkey Disc a creative and marketing team focused on businesses and organizations that small towns depend on. 
do me a favor and be sure to rate and review us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. This helps more people like you find us. Until next time, remember, world is cool.